Hey there, and welcome to episode 92 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. In this episode, I am bringing on my colleague, Charlie Birkinshaw, the VP of Product and Student Success here at Food Biz Whiz. Charlie is also a Retail Ready alumnus and the founder of Element Shrub, an award-winning line of non-alcoholic cocktail mixers, which we are going to talk about in one minute. So I have been keeping... Charlie from you guys for far too long. So let's dive right in. In today's show, we are going to hear Charlie's producer perspective, which he brings to our students inside of Retail Ready. And we're going to talk through the three mistakes that he sees founders make time and time again. Let's get right to it. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Hey, before we get going with this episode, I want to put an idea out there. In this show, you're going to get a sneak peek of what it's like to receive support from Charlie and me inside of Retail Ready. Retail Ready is my online course for producers of packaged product who are looking to land on more shelves and have high sales once you do. So while you're listening, imagine what it would be like to be part of our Retail Ready community, attending bi-weekly coaching calls and getting daily support on your growing business. You can. If you listen to this episode and you're nodding along, you are going to be a great fit for Retail Ready. Come and join us. Send me a DM to get more info or take the first step right now by watching my free masterclass on growing your packaged food business. In that class, I'll tell you about my philosophy of growing businesses, steps that you can put into place right now, and all about retail ready. Find that masterclass link directly in the show notes or at, at alleyball.com slash masterclass. I'll see you inside of retail ready. Hey, Charlie, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Hey, Allie, same. I, I can't believe we are finally, finally doing this. I know. <laughs> so uh, before we dive into it, Charlie, I know, obviously, I know all about you. I know all about your work here at Food Biz Whiz and Element Shrub. But let's give our listeners a little bit more info about you, because I know there's bound to be somewhere out, someone out there who, who doesn't know about you uh, or your work inside of Retail Ready. So I'm going to start by bragging a little bit about Element Shrub because I don't know, I don't know if you would do that for yourself. You might, but I'm I'm going to do it for you. So um, Element Shrub recently won Best Cocktail Mixer in the USA by USA Today. And then you were featured in Oprah Magazine for the 35 things for pregnant women who deserve a little pampering. You were in Vogue. You were in Bon Appetit as my non-alcoholic drink of the summer. And you are just like a rolling with the press there, Charlie, congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I, I just like literally just like pinching myself, like <laughs> hearing those things. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. so it's been, it's been a blast, but yeah. yeah. And how old is element shrub now? Ooh, so I literally quit my job the day my daughter was born to start element shrub and she is turning eight in November. Uh, but we, we spent about a year doing like product development and learning how to start and run a CPG business. So we launched on her birthday. So I'd say it's almost seven years now officially. Wow. I guess. 
I love that you're like, my wife's going to have a baby and I'm going to start a company. It's like, I know. Great idea. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Angela was like, okay, Charlie, great. Uh, Way to go. I could not do this without her. hundred percent. Yeah. And so for, for people who are just listening to the podcast and not watching us right now, because I'll say this is the very first podcast that we're actually doing a video for as well. Um, They don't get to see that you are sitting at this amazing table with your (laughs) selfie awards lined up on each side and your your product suite uh, there. So I want to acknowledge that too. You've you've won a lot of a lot of great awards, uh, Sophie Awards and Good Food Awards as well uh, for your line. Yeah, no, thank you. I am I'm glad there's not a mirror behind me so that you can so you don't have to see like what's on the other side. But um Absolutely. But yeah. Um so so Charlie, I if it's cool with you, I think we should put this video in our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group as well so people can watch yeah. watch in there. Let's do it. Okay, let's great. So let's let's keep going here. Beyond beyond Element Shrub, beyond Food Biz Wiz, you're also this uh, a CPG consultant in residence at CLA. So can you tell us a little bit about that work? Because I think it's I think it's a pretty neat neat thing that you do as well. Yeah, it's um, it's great. We I've been working with them since January of this year, and we work with uh, vendors who are. Uh, who sort of started at the farmer's market in, in LA. And they are, some of them are looking to grow beyond the farmer's market. And so they have brought me in to help those companies that are sort of in that like early farmer's market stage think about like, okay, what does it take to go from this farmer's market stage to getting my product on the shelf at Whole Foods or Erwan or, you know, a local grocery store? Yeah. So I bet Airmon is like the dream account for a lot of those it's LA. Brands. I mean, and, and let's be honest, it's not the dream account for just those guys. It's like the dream account for everybody. Right? <laughs> we see that in retail ready a lot, right? Like students, yeah. are, so we do, you know, like at the beginning, we're like, you know, we talk about the wholesale strategy and the, the dream accounts and stuff. And I swear like 50% of people are like Airwan, that's where I'm going. It's like, yeah, that, that Mecca. They've, they've done a great job. Yeah, they have. They're, they're something else. Uh, so Charlie, I, we're dancing around this topic a little bit. So I think it's time to just, just say it outright. Let's talk about your role here at Food Biz Wiz. You are the VP yeah. of product and student success. It, it makes me so happy. I'm thrilled that we finally get to, to talk about it here on the podcast. Like I said in the intro, I feel like I've been hiding you from our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I know now it's now it's now it's official. It is um, official. So we've been working together for a long time and and I guess we can call it 100% official because we're talking about it publicly here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I am I am so so excited um to be working with you and all of the other students in Retail Ready. Um I think what what makes it so great is that we are such a cool team in terms of the sort of like the yin and yang of um, the, the buyer perspective from, from you coming from Byright and all of that experience. And then me, you know, running a, a company by myself for seven years, going through every like up and down of the roller coaster, um, you know, I think helps like early founders, like have sort of getting both of those perspectives yeah. is, is so valuable early on. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's really interesting because, you know, I ran retail ready by myself for years and years and years and, and really built the the business off bringing the, the buyer perspective to the table. And of course, like while that was so, so important, it is so important for, for these emerging brands. There's so many things that founders have to think about and so many perspectives to take into account. It, it, it felt almost like we were missing that perspective until you came along. Um, and so that's great. I mean, it's, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's really incredible. No, it's, it's, it's really great. It's really great to, to be here and to be able to like, I, I don't know, it's just something where I like, I immediately connect with like all of the brands because I know, I know what they've been through. I know what they're going through. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, right. Like the goal of retail ready is to get, you know, to have the students, you know, sell more product, you know, uh, get more product off the shelf, right. To, to increase their revenue and to do all of that. And, and it's great to have that buyer perspective, but then the, per, the producer perspective also helps them maybe do things more efficiently from an operational perspective, um, and which, which helps them, you know, be more efficient with their time, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it is really incredible to see students inside of retail ready, take advantage of, you know, take advantage in the best way of both you and me and realize that they can, they can mine into both of our experiences to really um, create a more sustainable business. Yeah. I I also feel like they, um, they, not they have the opportunity, but um, they're they're more willing to like vent about like production (laughs) issues or like, Hey, I can't find like bottles or whatever it is because like they know I can relate or like, they know I might be able to like help them or like ease their mind a little bit. (laughs) Totally. And it's great too, because, you know, even some of those questions previously, like I, I didn't have answers to, right. If someone were like, Hey Allie, where can I find uh, recyclable padding for my refrigerated beverages that I'm shipping across the country? (laughs) I can tell you like anything you want about category reviews, but like, I don't know how you should pack your fragile product and ship it, you know, direct to consumer. Like I have no idea. And then you're just like, Oh, here's my list of like 10 different resources. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, shoot. There was one other thing that I wanted to say. Oh yes. Um, Charlie, I'll also say personally, it was really flattering that you took retail ready as a brand years ago and you you then like put a stake in the ground and you were like I want to work inside of retail ready I want to work at food biz Wiz because of the experience that you, that you had inside of 100 100% yeah I I mean despite like annoying you on every like you know industry expert call like coaching <laughs> call where like I was always I felt like at least to me I felt like I was always one that like Hey, Ellie, I have one more thing I want to say. One more I thing love I want to like add I to that. It. So yeah, yeah. I and I guess I'll just explicitly say that for our retail ready students who show up to coaching calls, you know, two years later, three years later, four years later, and raise their hand and ask questions, that is like truly like one of the biggest um, joys for me. I love seeing people throughout their their business growth. And when those students come back again and again and again with more questions, like it makes me realize that we, that, that we can support people through, through all different stages of growth. Uh, we've got people who come in there like truly like just getting their first wholesale accounts. And we have people who have been in business for 
two decades, three decades who are doing like, you know, multi-million dollars in revenue and, um, you know, we can support yeah. everybody in between. It's cool. And, and, and just like the community that is created by having, you know, not just the buyer perspective from you and like this, like producer perspective to me, but like all of these other perspectives of, yeah. you know, what, what they bring to the table as well. So it's, yeah. it's awesome. It, and, I and I, and I obviously like, I, I saw value, not just in like the experience I had with retail ready, but, um, but in that like community. And, uh, yeah. and so I'm yes so excited to be here. Charlie, so. I'm going to go off script for a second here and okay. you could say yes, no, or <laughs> no. <laughs> um, what about for our, I think this is a good question, both for our retail ready students and for people who are listening to the podcast, um, who, who don't know you when they see you and they're like, okay, cool. Like, so Charlie runs element shrub, Charlie works, you know, a lot at food biz whiz. And Charlie is like a, a consultant in residence at CLA. Like how the heck do you do it? Like, how are you, how are you doing these three jobs and your, a husband and a father of two who are what, seven and five, right? Like, yeah. How, how do you do it? Uh, yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I guess I will say first, um, I have always enjoyed doing more than, mm. than doing less. Um, you know, I, I was always like, you know, way back the one that had all the like extracurriculars, like, uh, yeah. like serial hobbyist, um, yeah. And, and so like, I, I love like filling my schedule. Um, and so, and so for me, and I also, I, I like to work. Um, mm-hmm. so I don't mind working not just like nine to five, but like yeah. at night and on the weekend. And, yeah. and for me, like, I'm, I'm okay with that. Not, not everybody's okay with it. Yeah. My, my wife is more like, you know, nine to five doesn't want to be bothered on the weekend with work and, yeah. and that's fine. And we get along really well because of that. Um, and uh, yeah, so 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 that's one aspect too. I, I mean, honestly, I think like Ali's art of organization, which was one of like the first you know things you you hear about in retail ready. Um, you know, that gave me sort of some perspective, some tools, like a I don't know the structure to really like think about how I should be organizing my my time and 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 all of that and. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, keep staying on top of sort of your schedule, um, you know, setting your goals, like being proactive about like what you're going to do during the week, I think is so important, right? I used to be so like reactive to, to everything. And then like, by the end of the week, I would be like, wait, what did I just do this week? <laughs> right. <laughs> Where did my time uh, go? Where did my time go? What was I doing? Um, so, yeah, so I, I don't, I mean, it, it's that like some coffee to like keep me going. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I do like try to, so I've been one of, one of the goals that I set for myself at the beginning of this year was to, um, to wake up. I, I said, I said I would wake up at 530. It's been more like six, but as long as I wake up before the kids wake up to, yep. to work out yep. um, so that I can get some sort of like some self-time in yeah. that, that is sort of just, just me. Yeah. That's also been really helpful. Yeah. Um, and, and I know people say that and like, they say you should do it. 
I didn't do it for a long time and, um, or I didn't do it as consistently and like on the same schedule. And now I have that schedule and I like look forward to it. Um, and yeah. And then, you know, the, the other thing is that having, you know, Angela support to allow me uh, like to, to let me do all of these, these things and, um, and having support of friends and family and, and other people to kind of support this and not say like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you're crazy. And like being enthusiastic (laughs) about it, like makes me more excited to, to, to do it all. So, yeah. Um, so I hear you say like, have, have the support systems in place, have a schedule or routine that you follow. And then, um, it's up to you to choose how much you want to work, how much or how little, right? Like not yeah. everybody has to have three, three, three roles, right? Like you could right. have done element shrub and stopped it at that. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, I remember, do you remember this, Charlie? I don't know if you do that when, when we were talking about working together and I asked if you had any hesitations about joining our team and you said the biggest hesitation was that you weren't sure if you could live up to my level of organization, Yes. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> I think that. you have, I all say like, I think that you've exceeded, you set the bar low there by saying you were disorganized and you've exceeded my expectations. So, well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Charlie, I'm going to have us actually pause for a quick moment before we sure. talk about our three mistakes that founders make the most. I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because you've got so much perspective from being a founder yourself. And then certainly, you know, inside of retail ready and your other consulting work, uh, you've seen a lot of mistakes along the way. So let's pause right here and we'll be back in a moment. This episode is brought to you by retail ready. Come and join us through videos and workbooks and checklists and templates, live coaching calls with Charlie and me and daily access to us in our private online group. Retail ready has all the tools that you need to increase your sales through wholesale accounts, whether that's in traditional brick and mortar outlets or through e-commerce platforms. Like I said, the first step to find out more about Retail Ready is to join my free masterclass on the three steps of growing your packaged food business, which I will link right here in the show notes. That hour-long webinar is jam-packed with advice that you can use to kickstart your growth right now, plus information on Retail Ready, info on my past clients, and how we can work together. Sign up via the link in my show notes, and Charlie and I will see you in Retail Ready soon. All right, Charlie, we're back. Let's let's get into it. Uh, I When we were brainstorming topics for this episode, I realized that we could have talked about mistakes for three hours, for five hours. We could do a whole podcast, a whole podcast series, series <laughs> on founders, mis- founders' mistakes, the mistakes they make the most. But I think narrowing it down to three makes sense for today for our audience as, as not to overwhelm. So let's get right into it. Tell me, tell yeah. me mistake number one um, that you see. So one of the first mistakes that I see people make a lot is Right, like when you start a any any company, but in in food and beverage, right? You, I would say a lot of people start food and beverage companies that are really like passionate about like making the product, right? Yeah. Like like they love to cook, or like they they made this hot sauce, and then like their friends are like, oh, you should sell it, and they're like, okay, sure, I'll do it. Right? <laughs> um, and uh, and so and then you know 
they watch like, I don't know, they watch Shark Tank and they see like podcasts and they watch how I built this and they see all of these like big brands doing crazy things and selling for crazy multiples and, and all of that. And, and then they're like, oh, I can, I can do that. And they just start selling. And I think sometimes, I guess if, if I were to like, I don't know what the mistake is, is that they, they do what everybody else is doing without doing the math. Mm. Right. And so, you know, maybe it's like, they start selling their products online and they offer 30% discount and free shipping. And they're like, Hey, like everybody else is doing this. Everybody needs free shipping. Like like one person, I have to do it. Like somebody complained that like our shipping was too high. So like, I'm going to make them happy and like (laughs) do whatever they want. Right. Um, And, and I think that sometimes they do that without really like sitting back and like, analyzing those numbers. Um, And I guess the, the sort of twist on this too is, you know, doing what everybody else is. I mean, this is sort of like a classic like peer pressure thing, but like doing what everybody else is doing and not really checking in with yourself Mm. to see if it's what you want to do for your own business. Right. Totally. Totally. And Charlie, I, I think we, we see this in retail already a fair amount too, where students will post things like, you know, oh, I saw this brand is doing this collaboration or this brand has 12 SKUs. So I can too, or this brand is doing this or like, you know, whatever it is, right? Like I should do that too. And I think one of the things that, that we remind them of over and over again is that we have no idea if they're actually profitable. We have no idea what is going on behind the scenes in their business, right? I mean, I even, I see it a lot in, in my own community. You know, I'm in this like digital course community where people will be like, I launched my new course and we did $1 million in revenue. And then they also like, they don't share that they did, you know, $700,000 in Facebook advertising to make that you know, to sell that million dollars of X, Y, Z. And so I, 100%. I'm always checking myself about that. And I think it's, it's so important that our, you know, our communities, our retail ready students do it too. Like we don't know what's going on behind the scenes in anyone else's business. Yeah. And you're, you're either going to like burn out right. or you're going to go bankrupt, if, right. you know, not go bankrupt, but your business is going to like not be successful financially. Yeah. Um, if, if you don't like think about these things, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that feels extreme, but like it, and it's just something you need to, I think I did it. I, I mean, I'm probably guilty of it as well, but you know, from the beginning, really like do your, like your cost analysis and all of that. So that, you know, when you get, you know, when, as you grow, you, you, you're in a good spot, right. Yeah, or at least, I, you know, think, you know what you're, you know, what's going on. Yeah. And Charlie, I think that you, you did this a bit with element shrub when you, looked at all of your accounts and where you were selling and which were the most profitable for you and like which took the most resources and like basically how to diversify um or yeah. not your right. your sales strategy <laughs> yeah your, 100% sales channels right yeah 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 so that mistake doing what everyone else is doing without doing the math for your own business yeah. Yeah. Or, or doing what everyone else is doing. Um, 
because it looks cool and like not realizing that that's actually, you know, not what you want for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. If you're watching the the video here, I just did a little, like my hand just automatically like went to my chest where I'm like, you got to do that gut check, right? That like, oh, like, do I even, do I even want to do, you know, X, Y, Z? Do I even want to be, you know, doing Instagram lives for my, you know, shrub company? podcast. My podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, cause at the end of the day, you, you run out of money and you, you burn out, uh, which yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What you got for number two? Cool. So, so number two, um, I, I know I'll, I'll tell you how I, I fix this, but the, uh, number two is, is not accounting for your time, your actual time mm-hmm. or the opportunity of the opportunity cost of your time as a founder. Okay. Right. Tell me, so tell so, me more about that. So couple of, couple of things. So one, this could be like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm making this shrub and you know, whatever it costs me $5 for all the ingredients in the bottle and the cap and all of that. And, and I make it myself. So there's no labor cost. Right. Um, so don't worry about that. And, and let's say <laughs> so I'm like, good. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm I'm gonna sell this for like ten dollars on the shelf, right? Yeah. Um, so everybody else five. is selling it for nine ninety nine. So I'll just sell right. it. I'll just price mine like that too. I'll just price, yeah, exactly. I'll do what everybody <laughs> else is doing. Uh, so I'll price mine at ten, and then all of a sudden, like you know, I don't know, you you get on Oprah's list of favorite things, right? And you like explode, you blow up, and now instead of making it yourself. You either need to hire a production team or find a co-packer or do something else. And all of a sudden you realize that like, you know, the tolling fee that they charge is like 30, 40, 50% of your other costs. And now like, I don't know, it costs you $7.50 to, to make this product that you're selling for $10. And instead of expecting like all of these new sales from, you know, being on Oprah's list to you know, add up to $5 in profit yeah. for everything. Now it's two fifty in profit. And you're like, wait, like maybe I should have thought of that sooner. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's so, content, so I'll just say like, I, we've seen this, Charlie, like we see this a lot where all like, the time. I mean, I, I try not to swear on this podcast so I can keep my like G rating on Apple podcasts. <laughs> but if I were, if I were allowed to swear on my podcast, people are like, Oh shoot. I have, I woke up three years into my business and I realized that I'm not making any <clears throat> effing money. Like what gives? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they think one, one way, and then, right. I a hundred percent agree. I say that all the time, you know, with, with everybody, I probably had that epiphany at one point as well. Yep. Um, and you know, the other thing I would say is that, you know, not just thinking about it from your, your cost of goods sold perspective of like labor, right. But mm-hmm. everything else that you're doing in your business, right. Like, um, you know, and, and, and one thing that I always recommend that people do to sort of solve for this is track your time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Track what you're spending your time on, right? Like whether it's like, Hey, I'm doing an Instagram live. Uh, I'm prepping for a giveaway. I'm packing up boxes. I'm driving four hours to make a delivery. I'm in the kitchen doing production. I'm writing emails. I'm calling buyers, like all of those things, right? 
those are all things that need to be done in your business. And I'm not saying they don't, but you should be documenting how much time you're spending on them so that then you can sort of analyze that and say, okay, um, why am I spending 70% of my time doing tasks that don't generate any revenue? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that, that, that I can't remember if we, gosh, I really can't remember if this is in Allie's art of organization or not. Gosh. Um, but that idea of establishing a, an hourly rate for your different types of tasks where you're like, okay, my admin tasks, I'm going to value at $15 an hour, my sales tasks, I'm going to value at $75 an hour, my, I don't know, my like founder only tasks, I'm going to value at 150 bucks an hour, right? And then you, yeah. when you do all those different things throughout the your week, you can almost tag them in a category. And then you're like, oh, shoot, I'm spending 30, da- 30 hours a week on my $15 an hour tasks. And it's eating up all my time. And I can't do that like $150 an hour work that only I as a founder can do. Right, right. And those numbers that you came up with at 15, 75, 150, whatever it is, that's the sort of like replacement cost, right? right? So yes. that's like, it, it's not just arbitrary, but it's like, what would I have to pay somebody to make a delivery, right? Yes. And and I will say personally, that I had this exact situation where I was tracking my time and realized I was spending like, I don't know, 60, 70% of my time, either making my product or doing deliveries. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, like deliveries are great because, you know, then the buyer doesn't have to pay for shipping and, you know, they'll be much happier that way. And And they'll see my face and I'll make that. Right. Right. And yes, yes. You should stay connected with your buyers hundred percent. But if it is 30% of your time. So I, you know, got a UPS account to, and now I don't make deliveries. And, and I found a co-packer yeah. to manage those two tasks. So now yeah. I get to spend my time on other things that are more important. Yeah. Like getting all that press that you got. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> getting all the awards in front of you. <laughs> um, Charlie, I think, yeah. I think it takes a, a certain type of founder to realize the value of your own time and to take the leap into paying someone else to, to do it, to do tasks. Yeah. That's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. I completely agree. Um, but let's be honest, like if we wanted to do something easy, we would have not picked like running (laughs) a beverage company. (laughs) Right. I know. I think about that sometimes I'm like, if I wanted to do something easy, I should have just like switched industries eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Charlie, I think that this, I think founders have to get or often get to that point where they're realizing almost like you said, with mistake number one, like they're going to run themselves ragged. They're going to get burnt out. They're going to work, you know, 70 hours a week, 52 weeks a year and still not make money. Or they realize that they have to outsource some stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Charlie, And and then, you know, I said, yeah, going back to that point, like, I guess what I would say is like, do your time. And then also like layer on top of that, like what you really like to do and what Mm. you're really good at. Sure. Right. Sure. Because I think that's also important of like, you know, for me, I 
like really like photography. And so mm-hmm. I have done all the photography for Element Shrub uh, with, with a couple of exceptions um, yeah. since the beginning. And honestly, that's something I enjoy doing. It takes my time, but you know, I, I, I like doing it. And totally. so I continue totally. to do it, but I, but I, but it's really important to acknowledge to yourself right. that you are doing this because you enjoy it, right. not because like, it's just another task. And like, it's going to like make you anxious because you're like, ah, how do I like take care of everything? Right. Totally. Totally. I, (laughs) I can't remember if it was with you, Charlie, but we were talking about web design as well. Right. And like, I was spending so much time doing my own web design and thinking about like, you know, it would, it would like cause me to just like spend so much time, I would get so frustrated and like, I would like scrap it together and like, it would like look pretty good. Like it was good enough. But at some point you were like, Ellie, if you were going to pay a web designer, you know, maybe you're paying them. Like maybe this was you, maybe it's not. Cause I'm not sure if you follow where I'm going, but you were like, you would pay a web designer. I don't know, 200 bucks an hour to like do the type of design that you're doing on your own. Like Ali, yeah. would you pay someone $200 an hour for doing the quality of work that you are doing yourself on this website? And I was like, Oh God, no. Like if, if I were paying someone $200 an hour to do my quality of work as a web designer, I'd be pissed. I would fire that web designer. So. <laughs> I officially yeah. fired myself. Right. And I was like, I nice. am no longer yeah. doing web stuff. No. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And it just took me away from the things that I love to do. Like, you know, showing up on and a it stresses you out. the podcast and it stressed me out. Like Ian did not like the days that I, that I did web design, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> come yeah. home as a cranky, cranky lady. Um, <laughs> yeah. So really like Charlie, I think that mistake number two is, is so valuable, not accounting for your time. Yeah. Yeah. And so for someone who's like, okay, sure. Like, but that sounds annoying to account for my time to like time track it forever and ever. Like how, how can we make it simple for them? Uh, so a couple things, if you are digital, um, I mean, not a sponsor, but toggle is a great like yeah. tracking device. Yeah. Um, we use toggle internally. Like yeah. you know, we use it for it, it, you, time you literally like hit start, you do something, you hit stop. You yep. do something, you hit start, right? Yep. Um, if you and, are manual, and yep. I used to work in other consulting before, I would literally have like a sheet of paper at my desk yep. that had, you know, every six minutes, like printed out. Mm-hmm. And I would write down, you know, what I did and who the client was. And then at the end of the day, I would like consolidate that information or enter it into our system or, yeah. um, you know, do all of that. So, you know, two ways to do it. You don't have to do it forever, but I would say if you can do it for, I think eight weeks is a really like solid. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean lot, you would have a, a lot, really but like perspective. Yeah. But it, it like, I don't know the, the CPG like calendar is yeah. so like weird that you want to like capture, I don't know, like a trade show or like yeah. a farmer's market or yeah. a production something related or, yeah. a production run. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so try to at least think about what amount of time uh, would be appropriate to capture sort of like every component of your business yes. or at least like 80 or 90% of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I found even when I was doing time tracking in my own business, just the 
uh, the value of knowing that I was doing time tracking right. kept me more right. on track. I was like, oh, yeah, probably shouldn't scroll Instagram right now because I'm going to have to account for that. Yeah, it's toggle. like email read receipts. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, toggle, T-O-G-G-L, no E on the end there. Um, their free version is is really robust and great. Um, and then pen and paper, of course. Yeah. All right, Charlie, take us home with number three. Uh, so the last one I, I, I could, uh, is, is, it's, it's not understanding the true cost of, of distribution. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think this, you know, there, it, it pulls a little bit from the first one. It pulls a little bit from the second one that we talked about. Um, and it, it also pulls from just like making sure you understand what your long-term goals are for the business mm. so that you're prepared when you get to the point where you're distributing, that your pricing is where it needs to be. Yeah. And, you um, and that your costs are where they need to be. Yeah. So right? you had you had this experience yourself, right? And I alluded to it a bit at the beginning, thinking about like you, you know, thinking through your business strategy, your sales strategy, and like where you wanted to go there. But I feel like, I mean, that's a whole other episode that we could do in itself, but you want to yes. give the like, um, the cliffhanger yeah, well, of what happened. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, I guess I'll say that like, it's, it's a combination of, you know, understanding all of the additional costs and middlemen that, you know, yeah. get involved from, you know, bringing a distributor on, um, you know, when it comes to distributor contracts, like having a lawyer review them a hundred percent, but also having somebody review them that has worked with that distributor before so that they can tell you like practically what each of those things means. Cause the lawyer is going to say, yes, sure. This is legal, but like, you know, they might yeah. put you out of business. Like, Yeah. I mean, if uh, they, I think it's really eye opening for our retail ready students who come in and they're like, you know, they've been with us for a couple months and they like land some bigger accounts and then they're stoked because they get, you know, brought on by UNFI or, or KEHI or something like that. And then they go to fill out that new vendor paperwork or they're going to sign the contract and they come back to our student group and they're like, <laughs> what does this mean? What is yeah. What does it mean when they want to take, when they say like this percentage, like what is this promo thing that I'm signing away? Um and it's really, yeah. I mean, I, I see, or like, you know, you can pick up on that anxiety behind the posts, realizing that all of a sudden these producers realize that they're signing so much money away. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, and it's, and it's not just on, you know, it's not just on the distributor, right. It's also right. on the brand to like understand what they're getting themselves into and understanding like the true role of the distributor, right? right. Because at right. the end of the day, right, we talk about this all the time in Retail Ready, like, like we're not going to do the work for you. Like you, you have to do it, but we're going to like tell you what to expect yes. and what like, uh, but yes. you know, you still have to know that like, this is how the distributor runs their business. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. I think I've used this analogy before, but like an old um, spin instructor of mine would always say like, she can design the workout. She can curate the ultimate playlist, but she can't make you pedal the bike. I'm like, yeah. yeah oh yeah. 100%. You, you got to show up and pedal the bike for yourself. I'm like, oh, so true. So true. And I think Charlie, so, so, go ahead. I, well, I was just going to say like, it, it's, it's on brands to, to kind of like, figure that out. Uh, yeah. Ideally, 
like better to figure it out before it actually happens so that, you know, you, you at least know what you're getting yourself into rather than like, you know, and this is sort of a classic thing that probably happens to every CPG brand, but right. Like you get a purchase order, you know, from a distributor for $5,000 and then like 60 days later, you get a bill back for like $10,000 and you're like, wait, like what just happened? What? (laughs) Like they expect me to pay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and when it's like unexpected, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know, like, you know, especially as an emerging brand, like I don't know that many brands who just like have extra, you know, tens of thousands of dollars lying around for their, their chargebacks, their build Not to mention like leverage to push back on that distributor. Right. Yeah. Because they're a small brand that have been with them for three months and whose sales are like small compared to obviously other bigger brands, but yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh gosh. Yeah. And I, I think Charlie, again, like having your producer perspective there is, is so valuable because you, you literally experience that with your own business. Um, the, the challenge of, you know, the excitement of working with distributors and the challenge of working with distributors. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Okay. On that note, I'm going to have us wrap up here, Charlie. Um, as always, I, I love spending time with you. I feel like you and I are just so in sync, um, with, you know, our, our feelings about growing emerging food and beverage brands. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you got to spend time with our bigger community in, you know, on, on the podcast here. Thank you for being on the show today, Charlie. Uh, before I let you go, where, where can people find you? I feel like I ask, I always ask my guests this. Um, and it's a, it's a funny situation given that I know sure. exactly where people <laughs> can find you, but why don't you tell our listeners? Uh, so first of all, thank you again for having me. It's great to, great to be official. Um, and yeah, so you can find me at Element Shrub um, on Instagram. You can find me um, in the food biz whiz uh, community in the Facebook group. And then you can also find me inside retail ready. Um, where you get all the good stuff. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we talked about retail ready a lot uh, on this episode, but as, as my listeners know, that is truly, um, you know, it, it's actually the only way you can work with me. So um, yeah, retail ready is, is, is it for now. So Charlie, thank you for being on the show today. It was, it was great chatting with you. Allie, thanks again for having me. Of course. Okay, Wizzes. And thanks. Thanks to you guys for joining us in this episode of Food Biz Wiz. I am so, so happy that you got to meet Charlie, that you got to hear more about his background, and you got to see what a wealth of information, a wealth of knowledge he brings to the team here at Food Biz Wiz. So I'm grateful for the support that he provides to our team and to our Retail Ready students. So as always, let's continue the conversation. Send me a DM on Instagram, letting me know that you've tuned in, tag me in your stories, come join our Food Biz Wiz Facebook group. I would love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. Gosh. Okay. So, all right. I will be back next week. I've got a really fantastic interview with Valerie Madamba of Foodwit. It's all about regulatory compliance. So I promise you that she has this way of talking about FDA regulation that is going to light you up and inspire you to make sure that you and your products are safe. So I will see you back here next week. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.